0: Hello, and welcome to Prophecy Girls, a Buffy rewatch podcast. I'm Kara Babcock, pronouns she, her.
1: And I'm Stephanie Chow, pronouns she, her. Join us each week as we break down every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer from the beginning.
0: This is a spoiler-free podcast, and we're currently on Season 3. Whether you're watching for the first time, or longtime fans like us, We'll be analyzing every episode, character, and storyline like it's our first time too.
1: During this rewatch, we'll reminisce about our memories of Buffy, discuss the show's cultural impact, and provide honest commentary from a 21st century lens.
0: Thanks for listening.
1: Now, on to the episode
0: Season 3, Episode 14 Bad Girls.
1: Bad Girls, Bad Girls. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when they slay you? <laughs>
0: Ooh, very nice. Are you ready to be a bad girl with me, Steph?
1: Oh, born ready. Born to be bad over here.
0: I, yeah, I feel I feel like of the two of us, you're the Faith in this situation, and <laughs> I'm the Buffy.
1: I want to be Buffy. I don't want to be sexified I mean, we all want to
0: be Buffy, but I'm just saying you're the one who's leading me astray here.
1: I'm Alan, the man who gets staked in the heart. <laughs> I'm the bumbling deputy mayor. Um... <laughs> before we get into this episode which i really liked by the way uh we want to announce our winner of our holiday giveaway uh this person who won uh from our giveaway on instagram already knows they won they might already have they should already have the giveaway gift congratulations interstellar moment aka badia on instagram and just a reminder to everyone out there we do giveaways once in a while but we also post almost every day on instagram we have so much fun on there so follow us and join in the chaos that is social media with prophecy girls
0: yes because we don't announce the giveaways ahead of time here on the podcast because we're recording two weeks ahead so if you want to get in on those giveaways you got to be checking the instagram account regularly
1: yeah yeah Uh, We live in the future on the podcast, but on Instagram, we're, we're very much in the present. Yeah, so this episode is really good. And it almost feels like it should, at the very end, it should have said to be continued. Or something like it feels like mm. a, it needs it needed to have a continuation, and then maybe next week yeah. when, we, when we watch Consequences, maybe well, that it,
0: I think it is meant to be kind of a, like it do, it is in technically two part, but yeah. Bad Girls and Consequences those even those titles, right?
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like this episode gets us back on track because we know by episode fourteen there's only a handful of episodes left, so we're really mm. gonna dive well, face
0: first faith has yeah faith has been gone for a whole bunch of episodes in a row now and i've commented on that previously when she's back in this episode she's finally getting that, that character development that she deserves and we will talk about that in in our recap here so what i'm hearing from you stephanie is we're not just going to abruptly stop recapping episodes after this one we have to do at least the next one too
1: at least and then i think we can call it quits <laughs> i think for are awesome. good to go from there <laughs> <laughs> um The next thing I want to say about this episode, since I've already said that I liked it so much, is that it also gave me some when she was bad vibes. Okay. From season two, episode one, uh, when she was bad, when Buffy came back from her trip in L.A., after dying the previous spring and she was all attitude and moody and sexualized Mm -hmm. and aggressive and this is i I, a lot of times in this episode i'll probably call out to it how this reminded me of something buffy did in that episode too
0: yeah i've got some thoughts kind of similar to that to share later on so i i like where you're going with that stuff
1: (laughs) we're on the same page um i still i don't know How I feel about you saying I'm Faith and you're Buffy? I guess we'll
0: listeners weigh in. (laughs)
1: Listeners weigh in. (laughs) Who's Faith? Who's Buffy? I want to. I'll be Kendra. I'll be Kendra. (laughs) Okay, let's let's begin. Uh, This episode, (laughs) I'm not ready to begin because this episode is just everything that comes out of Faith's mouth is sexualized
0: this is a horny episode
1: super horny and it's and it's not something we're not used to with faith because up until now we've always said oh my god faith loves sex she must just love sex because all she does is sex uh but i bring that up now because the very first scene buffy and faith are on the ground with these two male vampires on top of them which is our first sexual reference in this episode but faith is actually talking about sex while they slay side by side, so she's asking Buffy. She's like, "You never, like, ever, you never did," and Buffy's like, "Not, you know, now it's not the time because they're fighting these vamps and they push the vampires off them and they're fighting them." And Faith keeps asking, like, after all this time, not once. And Buffy <laughs> finally says, as she stakes her vampire, she's like, "I've never done it with Xander," and then Faith kills her vampire, and Buffy says, "He's just a friend." And Faith says, "Well, what are friends for? All the sweating, nightly side-by-side action, and you never put in for little—you uh, never put in for a little after hours." Uh. And she's like, <laughs> "You?
0: No, not with Xander, although not I mean, with Xander." So this is the fallout from the previous episode, right? And yeah. and I feel like Faith is almost looking for validation here, where she's like, "Yeah, I might have set my bar too low with Xander," and then she's like uh Buffy did you do Xander and Buffy's like no what are you talking about and Faith's like damn
1: yeah it's either that or a part of me also was thinking because I I agree with you I think Faith is like why did I do that Buffy wouldn't do that because Faith's always comparing herself to Buffy but on the other hand I was like why is she so interested did like she have a really good time was Xander like actually good at having sex. nah. Uh, Exactly. Like, like, uh, I couldn't even imagine that ever being true. But I had to ask myself the question because Faith just kept pushing it, right? And from the the very beginning of this episode, this scene, all the way through, all of a sudden, I am picking up on all of that subtext of Faith being into Buffy that uh, our listener had brought up in a previous hot steak that you and I have discussed a couple times now. But I never th- thought of about it before. But now that it's in my head, I see it so clearly how Faith is hitting on and seducing Buffy throughout the episode, which is really interesting. And I'm glad that I'm picking up on it now. This is also the first callback to when she was bad that I saw because the fact that Buffy also hit on Xander when she was bad in, <laughs> in that episode in season two when she had that sexy dance Mm -hmm. remember the sexy dance with xander i do
0: remember that because that was also creepy um
1: yeah so you know
0: and i think it 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 does i mean if we're talking about it from the point of view of xander being a joss whedon self-insert oh joss whedon strikes me as the kind of guy who's like he enjoys strong powerful women who are going to dominate him a little bit and that's what he's writing xander as right where it's like you know these these bad girls are going after Xander because he is someone that they that's malleable. They can manipulate him and, and have their way with him and have pleasure from him, um, and he's not going to give them a hard time about it.
1: That deeply upsets me. <laughs> that joss whedon's kink is these bad girls having their way with him and he's why do you think he writes so
0: many powerful women like this
1: i know i know so yeah there is no coincidence here that when buffy was bad she hit on xander and faith is a bad girl and she used xander in the last episode and now she's apparently looking to do it again and Buffy says that she loves Xander, but she doesn't love Xander, and she thinks friendships are ruined with that kind of stuff. And Faith says she thinks too much. So Buffy notices that that one of the Vamps had gotten away, so they go to chase him. And when they see him, Buffy starts to count down from three, but Faith ignores that and just runs in and attacks him. He ha- pulls out two swords, and they fight each other. And Buffy pins the vampire down. A st- faith stakes him from behind and buffy is pissed because faith is really impulsive and didn't listen to her count and faith says this isn't a tupperware party it's a little hard to plan and buffy says the count of three ain't a plan it's sesame street
0: and you brought up you brought up kendra earlier this made me think about kendra because there was that scene back in what's my line where uh kendra's all about strategy And being cool and level-headed when you're fighting. And Buffy's like, no, you need anger. You need emotion. Mm. So this is an interesting kind of role reversal. It feels like Buffy's matured a little bit as the Slayer. She is the responsible one when it comes to fighting. And Faith is the impulsive one now. And so Buffy's embodying more attributes of Kendra than she had previously.
1: Yeah, I agree. And we'll see that play out even more throughout this episode. Uh, Faith blows off what Buffy's saying and she just asks who these vampires are and Buffy notices that they weren't local because they're they're wearing like cute little matching uniforms. So uh she does notice that the swords are missing though. So we cut to the mayor's office, and this is another reason why I really like this episode and why we're saying, okay, we're getting mm-hmm. to the the actual arc. Because the mayor's back, Mr. Trick is back, they've been gone for a couple episodes, or not relevant for a couple episodes. And most
0: importantly, Alan is back.
1: Alan, my my counterpart. <laughs> my shadow self um the the mayor is reading the funnies in the paper and he's saying he loves family circus and this took me back because i used to read the newspaper (laughs) people used to get the newspaper and read it and i always went straight to the comic section do do i need
0: to do a Kara history lesson on what newspapers are
1: yes (laughs) history with (laughs) Kara. so Mr. Trick puts the swords in front of the mayor and the mayor says he hasn't seen anything like this in a long time. And where were the owner of the swords? And Trick says that they're slain and hasn't seen um, this breed around before. Are they trouble? The mayor asks Mr. Trick if he likes Family Circus and Trick says he likes Marmaduke, the comic, because no one tells him what to do. That's my kind of dog. And I think we're all reminded why we like Mr. Trick so much. Like He's so likable as a villain. I really like Alan because Alan just pops in and says, I like to read Kathy. (laughs) And no one says anything. They just stare at him.
0: Yeah, it's just a wonderful little joke there. (laughs) Uh, Poor Alan, by the way, like he doesn't deserve any of this.
1: I know. And you know, it's so funny because I I don't think they've mentioned in the show that his name's Alan. They might in this episode.
0: Oh, they have. Yes, they
1: have. They have. Okay, because I'm just I get paranoid because remember when we called Jenny Calendar Carpenter for so long and no one let us ever forget it. (laughs) So now I have like a phobia. Alan asks what they should do about the swords or should they do something about it? And the mayor says, just keep an eye on it. The dedication is coming up in a few days and they can't have anything interfering with it. As he's walking past Alan... Uh, He's saying the dedication is the final step before my ascension. He's waited longer than he can imagine. And in 100 days, he'll be on a higher plane and there'll be no need to be concerned with the little things. And he's cleaning his hands while he's doing that. Like he got up to get like a moist towelette and then he's like cleaning his hands and he gives it to alan and i couldn't help but think you know because he is the mayor of sunnydale i was like you know what mayor wilkinson would have been a great leader an excellent leader even during the pandemic (laughs) because he's so concerned
0: with germs hard to be worse than the leaders we have now
1: (laughs) burn um so The mayor uh, is telling Mr. Trick to watch these people. And if there's anything to learn about them, let that information somehow get to the Slayers. Because with any luck, they'll kill each other. And then everyone wins. Everyone, of course, meaning me. (laughs)
0: He's such a likable villain. Like, you know, he's just he's so cheerful and jovial. Also, this is a long opening scene before the credits.
1: It is. Yeah, they've established a lot of great things. One, that Faith is back and that the mayor is back in action something big he he mentions the ascension and we're like what is the ascension and it's in 100 days which means we have 100 I'm, days worth of episodes left
0: I'm, I'm sure I'm sure it's fine I'm sure it's just you know he's having a party or something
1: yeah it's probably like some sort of reelection party that he's talking about cut to Xander Buffy Willow and Oz who are in the student lounge and Willow good for her congratulations Willow she got into she got early acceptance into Harvard Yale Wesleyan, I've never heard of, and some German polytechnic institute. And Xander doesn't say congratulations, I'll add here. He's just kind of saying that he's intimidated and he's like taking all this in, uh, while they're all looking through Willow's acceptance letters. And Willow says that she's overwhelmed. She got in, and the colleges are all wooing her right now, and she can handle rejection because of the years of training. (laughs) But (laughs) this, like the exception and you know, being wooed into schools, is really overwhelming for her. And Xander says that he feels her pain and he's torn between the fast-growing fields of appliance repair and motel management. And he also makes a joke about the corn dog emporium or something um but i just want to remind xander and i want to remind everybody that there's nothing wrong with those types of jobs you know like appliance mm-hmm. repair or like those kind of trades they pay well there's always going to be need for a job like that if so one
0: of my appliances break down you know i'm not repairing it
1: hell no you need somebody to like an appliance repair person to come like a plumber but or yeah, a technician we're
0: definitely seeing you know the contrast among the scoobies here so we got willow brainy willow she's going to excel academically she can go to any school she wants we got Xander, whom as we've heard before right this this back his background is lower class working class and it's caused him to kind of narrow his expectations for himself um and then we have buffy because buffy chimes in and she's like you know i'm really excited for you willow and that's great i'm glad that buffy's happy for her friend but this scene is an interesting reminder right that there is a you know i think the scoobies at least sometimes i think their days are numbered because they're going to graduate and buffy's probably going to stick around if she does go to college you know maybe she'll go to college locally but she's going to stick around the hellmouth but Willow could go anywhere. Oz could go anywhere. Uh, Xander could go somewhere nearby. <laughs> um, but, you know, after high school is done, they might end up in very different places. And what's that going to have the effect on on Buffy's life as the Slayer, right? So there's, there's a sense in this episode of instability that's coming and I, I think that's partly what's driving buffy's embrace of the bad girl lifestyle mm-hmm. right is this you know we because later on we're going to see her kind of pull away from willow and be like no you don't understand only slayers can understand buffy's kind of like insulating herself as a reaction to she's preparing herself for yeah. the day that willow's not going to be there with her
1: well it's another thing i like about this episode again and this episode's really good because it's established now you know faith and mayor but It's reminding us that, hey, graduation's coming up, right? And you Mm -hmm. guys are going to be somewhere completely new next year slash season. So this is a nice reminder of that. And also the show is saying something once again, and we'll learn this as Cordelia enters the scene in a moment. The show is saying something about class and how going to university and continuing your education is valued. Whereas Xander, who's not going to be continuing his education, it looks like, is going to go straight into working or workforce bound there's something wrong with that or that makes him less than and i think that that's something Mm -hmm. we're definitely going to be looking into as the seasons go on so as i said the queen has entered cordelia uh comes over just to bully xander and she's saying uh she asks him if he's planning a life as a loser most people just turn out that way but you're really taking charge and xander decides to slut shame her and says that cordelia will be needing her higher education when she markets her very own successful line of hooker wear Ooh,
0: Ooh. that is not like ugh, i didn't miss this part of xander you know we, we took it easy on him last episode but i'm sorry xander the yeah <laughs> the, the grace period's over
1: this goes right back to the beginning of season two when cordelia would Come by, Xander would slut shame her or comment on her appearance, calling her a hooker or a slut. Uh, Cordy will hurt him way more by bringing up his social class. And that's it. And it's like they never even yeah. dated. There's nothing here that's showed growth in either of them. So Cordelia says, Xander, I could dress like you, but my father has a job. So... Mm. Cordy started this fight. She came over just to be mean. And we know why. It's because Xander cheated on her. So she's gone out of her way to be horrible to him ever since that happened. Fine. But I think that the show broke them up too soon. (laughs) Uh, Because we don't even get to see Cordelia anymore other than her coming here to be a bitch. And we know there's so much more to Cordy than this. And watching her become Mm. just this callous bully towards Xander and no one else. I like to see her put him in his place, but at the same time, I don't because I just feel like she's underused and... She's
0: regressed as a character, you know? She's gone back to her season one bullying ways and we don't like yeah. that because that's not the good part of Cordelia. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So she, like, it's just, it's too bad. It's too bad. I think breaking them up that soon and then having Cordelia, giving Cordelia nothing to do for the rest of the season was a bad choice. So she leaves, Xander's hurt. Uh, he changed the subject Buffy says she has to study for a chemistry test and Willow offers to help her study at her house that night. And Buffy agrees to that, then says she has to go meet Giles with a lot of, like, clean up at the end of the scene. And Willow says Giles is looking for her and he he's looked better, as in he was not in a good mood.
0: I just want to point out in this scene, we did see Oz and Oz has black hair now.
1: Yeah, you know... I don't know if anyone here watches Austin Powers. I'm sure you have. But I wonder if Oz was off. um, Seth Green was off filming another Austin Powers movie because I believe his hair was black in one of them. So could be, could be. But he's not in this much. That's it. Enjoy Oz while you can in this one scene where I think he had one line and that's it. (laughs) So cut to the library. Giles is doing his very best resting bitch face (laughs) because... A young British man is behind him in the library, taking out books from this box and talking to him about all the updates for training for Slayers. And he's like, it's more than books and theories now and like lecturing Giles. And he's like, I have faced two vampires under controlled circumstances, of course. And (laughs) Giles is so annoyed. And he's like, there's no danger of finding those here. And the man says, vampires? And Giles says, controlled circumstances.
0: This is this is like one of the funniest scenes of the episode, I think. <laughs> yeah. um, and I only say that because the rest of the episode is just so funny anyway. Yeah. But, um, you know, yeah, we're seeing like Giles, we know he's the Ripper, we know his past. And this young whippersnapper, this upstart pup of a British guy has shown up in a suit that... You know, is just too clean, too mm. perfect, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Yeah, like I know everything," and uh, it's it's just so fascinating to me.
1: Once we learn who he is, so who is this man, Kara?
0: Well, so Buffy enters, right, <laughs> and uh, she looks at him, and her first reaction, like he 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 shows up and he says, "My name is Wesley Wyndham Price," so he's got a hyphenated last name. And Buffy, you know, takes one look at him and sizes him up and looks at Giles and goes, new watcher. <laughs> like she knows right away what he's there for. Yeah. And, and w- most of the people listening to this, right, they know Wesley becomes quite an important character in the Buffyverse. Um, I love and we Wesley. we won't go into details. Yeah, we won't spoil it. But I think Wesley, very similar to Cordelia, experiences this huge amount of character growth during his time on these TV shows. The Wesley we see at the end, like his last appearance, is so different from the first appearance of Wesley. And once you've had that experience of watching all of it, and you go back to this episode, you're, <laughs> yeah. you're just like, I, ca- I cannot believe, A, that this is the same character, but B, how can this be the same actor?
1: It's a treat. It's really a treat to watch him be this way in this episode because he's saying he's the watcher. So this is Buffy's new watcher. He's here to replace Giles, and he looks like that. If he was in that crew that set up the cruciamentum in Helpless, he definitely would have died. He would have been one of the ones. Uh, one he probably of the watchers would that have died. like,
0: <laughs> fallen and tripped and accidentally offed himself. On the way on the stairs to the house or something. <laughs> yeah. So Buffy's immediate reaction to this, of course, she doesn't shake Wesley's hand. And then she looks at Giles and she's like, is he evil? (laughs) Because, of course, this is a callback to Revelations where the previous person who showed up claiming to be the new Watcher was Gwendolyn Post um, who tried to steal a magic arm-biting glove and and take over the world, right? And so, so this is actually a reasonable question, I think, for Buffy to ask. And mm-hmm. Wesley's like, "What do you mean?" And then he's like, "Oh yeah, no, we heard about her." <laughs> and he says, "West," uh, he says, "Giles has thoroughly vetted him." Um, but then he's like, "Good for you, uh, you know." He's uh, like a cautious Slayer, is, or a good Slayer is a cautious Slayer. And <laughs> we're not supposed to like this guy, right? He's he's dispensing platitudes already. Yeah. You can tell he's never dealt with a Slayer before. Like, like he has, no, he's in over his head.
1: Oh, he sucks. He sucks so bad. And I love his delivery of that line because I honestly, honestly, like Alexis Denisov. Den- 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 Den-
0: Alexis Denisov, yeah. Who, by the way, ends up marrying Alison Hannigan, and it's nice.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I adore his acting, and I, I really think he does an amazing job as Wesley throughout the whole series, but especially in these kind of scenes because when he delivers that line, it's so fucking annoying in the way he leans in. He's like, "A good Slayer is a cautious Slayer."
0: <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's that brilliant. physical comedy, right? It's it's so it's funny. The blocking in this scene, the way that Buffy. Because Buffy goes up next to Giles where he's leaning against the table, right? And so for most of the scene, Buffy is physically closer to Giles, which is you know, a subtle indication, a reminder of how close she feels to him versus this new watcher in town. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you said, when he leans in, that's him getting into that personal space. Yeah. And it's that bit of physical comedy. It's wonderful. <laughs> so Buffy's not deterred. She's like, is he evil? <laughs> and Giles says, not in the strictest sense, again, Hilarious line, right? Because it's like, well, you know, he's a watcher and he's British and he's a ponce. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, ponce is a great way to describe him. Um, and, and Wesley starts doing his duty, and he's like, "Okay, so tell me about your patrol the night before." And Buffy is so aloof; she's just like, "Vampires killed him." <laughs> and Wesley's like, "Is there anything else you can tell well, me?" Well, he's
0: got a notebook open; like, he's going to take notes.
1: <laughs> yeah, and Buffy looks at Giles, who just like nods, as in, "Like, yeah, just do it." So. Buffy rolls her eyes and she's just like, okay, one of them had swords. And Wesley takes the book that's directly on the, like the first book on that pile of books in that box, he takes it out and he finds the answer immediately. And when Buffy says the swords were one was long and one was short, he identifies the vampires as the Illuminati the 15th century duelist cult deadly in their day. Their numbers dwindled in later centuries due to an increase in anti-vampire activity and a lot of pointless dueling, (laughs) which, like, I don't, he's giving way too much information here. It's very
0: impressive that he figured it out after one vague mention of swords. I guess there's not a lot of vampires who enjoy swords. Well, he
1: does say later that he has done, like, intense History and research on Sunnydale itself. So that's why he knows yeah, all this stuff. because he has no life. Because he has no life. But it's just comparing him to Giles, because Giles was actually very much like this when he first came to Sunnydale in Welcome to the Hellmouth and like the first season of Buffy. Giles was a lot more eager and more excitable just the way Wesley is. So seeing Giles react to him, give this information. Yes.
0: I think knowing what we know about Giles now, a lot of that was an act, right? Like, I I don't think Giles was bumbling back then. I think he was trying to compensate for the fact that he's so badass. Yeah. And he was pretending to be a bumbling British librarian.
1: But that's what's so interesting is, like, now, now that we've been three years into it, three seasons into it, and we've seen everything that happened to Giles, and we know more about his past, that has revealed what you just said, like, okay, that could have been an act, but also, it, it just goes to show how much further along Giles has come. Like, how far we've come by introducing yes. someone from the very beginning of this man's journey, Wesley's. So, after giving a, a lot of exposition about this cult, we learn that they worship this demon called Balthazar, who took them to the New World, which is specifically Sunnydale. So, Wesley says that um, Balthazar was killed. But he had an amulet that that helped him get his strength. When, and then when he was killed, it was taken to... Like a landowner took the amulet named Gleaves. And it was buried with him. So he tells Buffy to go to the Gleaves family crypt that night and fetch the amulet. Gee,
0: I wish the, the vampires had thought to do the same research Wesley did.
1: I know! I'm so annoyed by that. Because it's... Oh, we'll get to We'll get to it. But the point <laughs> is, he was just like... um, go to the Glees family crypt tonight uh, and fetch the amulet because we don't want the vampires to have it, even though Balthazar is dead. And Buffy is like, uh, I will. <laughs> and Leslie is like, are you not used to getting orders? And Buffy gives like the snarkiest reply where she's like, well, when Giles sends me on missions, he always says, please. And afterwards, I get a cookie.
0: <laughs> Again, she's sitting next to Giles at the table, uh their backs are to wesley right the blocking is just wonderful because we're seeing where her allegiance is and yes she's being snarky she's she's towing that line of disrespectful which we're going to see in a moment when faith comes in um we see that the contrast in their responses to this i also just want to point out wesley saying balthazar was killed like mysteriously 100 years ago Mm -hmm. that's very important and i'm not going to spoil anything for first time watchers but remember that for a couple of episodes from now and remember what the mayor said about not seeing those swords in a long time that's mm-hmm. all i'm going to say about that well i'm
1: intrigued th- there's
0: something afoot here and there's some connections to be made and i like what the writers are doing where they're laying this groundwork so that when once you know what you know at the end of the season you can go back and be like oh my god like it was there all along
1: Ooh. I'm very intrigued. I don't know what you're talking about. So this is great. Uh, Wesley. So that's when uh, Faith walks in and Wesley's like, ah, you must be Faith. And Faith says to Buffy and Giles, new watcher. And they both say, new watcher. And Faith is like, screw that. And leaves. So Buffy goes after her, but not before telling Wesley. She's like, you know, don't say anything interesting while I'm gone. (laughs) and like we also forget because it's been a couple of seasons but buffy used to give giles this kind of snark too she always told the line with him back then as well and you see how that respect for him has grown so much in buffy even though he drugged her two episodes ago (laughs) apparently that's not a thing anymore i guess we'll never talk about that again
0: (laughs) Maybe Buffy has blocked that out. Like, that's just her trauma response, right? She's Possibly. just like, I'm just going to forget that happened.
1: Yeah, but like again, this comparison between Wesley and Giles being here is just really, really satisfying to watch. Because it's like the council has this, like, younger, fresher new wife <laughs> that they've brought home to Sunnydale. And we see, <laughs> what, three years of hell. The trophy work. watcher. Yeah everyone's gotta the have new one hotness. The new he's one. even
0: cleaning his glasses like giles does right It's yeah. like, well wow, we just defrosted a new giles
1: you know he yeah exactly because it, just look at how much has happened to make giles this like chill super sexy hot relaxed watcher now and wesley is the jumpity plucky one so cut to the courtyard at school where buffy's caught up to faith and she calls wesley a dork <laughs> And Faith is like, Are you actually gonna take orders from him? And Buffy says, It's the job, what else can we do? And Faith says, Whatever we want. Where's Slayer's girlfriend? The chosen two. Why should we let him take all the fun out of it?
0: I really like this. I, I read this as um a pro-labour message where Buffy's like, Yeah. We're the workers, but we have to take orders from the boss. What else can we do? And Faith is like, we can organize and strike, bitch. I'm just like, go Faith. Like, I'm with you here. Rise up. No, show yeah. them who has the actual power. <laughs>
1: I love it. <laughs> and, uh, it, well, like, this is the thing. Like, Faith calls Buffy out. She's like, I've seen you. Doesn't taking out a van get you a little bit juiced? <laughs> and uh, Buffy is very sheepishly agreeing with Faith. And dare I say... Now that I'm reading into it, dare I say flirty, like they're, they're being like so flirty with each other. And Faith is telling her, you can't fool me. The look in your eyes right after a kill, you just get hungry for more. Tell me that if you don't get in a good slaying, after a while you just start itching for some vamp to show up so you could give him a good,
0: <laughs> well, yeah, <sighs> I mean, it a little repetitive at this point, but. You know, I, I think something that comes out of this episode, queer coding aside, is probably the only person who can understand the Slayer is another Slayer. And yeah, wouldn't it be a great pairing if two Slayers were able to date? You know, and it's, it's so interesting to me when we get further on, and again, no spoilers, but there's a, another aggressive uh, Slayer we meet at some point, and I feel like she and Faith, I guess they d- they don't get together because they would butt heads too much. but Possibly. Yeah, it's it's interesting.
1: It is interesting. And he, like I said earlier, like the seduction of Buffy, this is it. Well, this is why I started seeing it. It's like Faith is literally being like, Buffy, lean into your sexuality because it accept sexuality equals slaying, right? Where she's just like, don't you just want to... Uh. <laughs> Jesus.
0: I mean, she, yeah, the last time she did that, her boyfriend turned evil.
1: Yeah, we remember. Oh, we, re- we remember so hard. So Faith says oh. that slaying is what they're built for. And if you're not enjoying it, you're doing something wrong. <sighs> so again, like just everything Faith says is so sexualized, so over the top. And uh, I remember this conversation that you and I had back in when she was bad. Remember when um, Buffy was trying to turn fighting with Angel into sex with Angel, as in, like, you know, you want to, and all that stuff. So I'm Mm -hmm. seeing a repeat of that in here, this parallel of sex and slaying slash fighting, but also how they are sexualizing violence, because that's exactly what Faith is Mm -hmm. doing in this conversation, right? Oh, you fight somebody, and then you just want to bang them, (laughs) you know?
0: Ah, And that says a lot about Faith as a person, right, and the types of relationships that she's had at this point you know, we have this sense that she doesn't come from a very stable home life, and she didn't have many positive role models around. So probably a lot of her sexual or romantic relationships have been toxic ones where there has been a lot of violence and confrontation. And Faith has maybe internalized that as, well, this is what love is, this is what sex is, is its constant confrontation. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So As Faith is leaving, this is my favorite line in the episode, because Buffy says, like, well, what about the assignment? And Faith says, tell you what, you do the homework and I'll copy yours. (laughs) And I just really like that line. because I think it summarizes their relationship. It summarizes Faith's character really, really well. So we cut to the Gleaves family crypt at night. And is this a famous crypt or something? Like, why do they just know
0: (laughs) where it is? There must be some kind of, like, map of all the crypts, you know? (laughs) There xander or was it giles who was able to find that other family crypt at one oh, point right. and tell xander which, which back cemetery in revelations to go to?
1: yeah 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 he's like oh yeah. i'll just go to that well one.
0: and we we also had a listener um wrote into us megan on twitter asking like why does buffy go after the amulet in the crypt after dark because clearly she has enough time after school she's chatting with faith when it's light out why don't you go straight to the cemetery no um and, and my my only thought of that is maybe like it's probably easier to sneak into the cemetery after dark because I imagine that, you know, there's so many cemeteries in Sunnydale, there must be a lot of people around when it's light out and you you don't want to break into a crypt when everybody's looking at you, you know.
1: Even more, that's a really great question, but an even bigger question is something that you brought up earlier, Kara. Why is it taking the vampire so long to find this amulet? Buffy finds it in the second coffin she looks in at this place and wesley knew exactly where it was once again just like just like angel knew exactly where oh what is his name the glove
0: the glove of minigan yeah
1: (laughs) angel knew exactly where that glove was
0: and how to destroy it
1: (laughs) he knew so angel would also know exactly where the amulet was so i don't know why they didn't just ask him to (laughs) but anyway Faith, oh, sorry. Anyway, Buffy finds the a- the amulet, but before she grabs it, and I don't know why she doesn't just grab it, she leaves it there because six vampires enter. She hides in a different coffin. They take the amulet. They leave. Buffy gets out. Faith is there. There's a lot going on. Um, but Faith is like, hey, like you know, the six against two now. Let's go. Let's go get them. So they run out of the crypt and they see all these vampires just casually jumping into this manhole with all these torches, <laughs> and. Faith is going to go follow. And Buffy's like, stop, wait, think. And Faith says, no, no, no. (laughs) And Buffy says, it's a manhole, tight space, no escape, three against one. You're just going to go down there? That's your plan? And Faith says, I don't have a plan. I don't know how many's down there, but I want to find out. And I'll know when I land. If you don't come after me, I might die. (laughs) And she jumps in. I'm like, that's actually really brilliant of Faith because obviously buffy's gonna follow her but what's not brilliant is so faith just like casually jumps into this hole feet first and then buffy like waits like two seconds and jumps in after her i was like wouldn't you land on top of her buffy i don't like i don't like how you didn't just jump call down to be like you out of the way (laughs) before you jump into that (laughs) hole quickly cut to the library where wesley and giles are reading giles's old watcher diaries Kara. We need to get our hands on these watcher diaries. we even obsess obsessed with we the watcher really diaries. Do. And the Wesley's reading from the first entry of Giles, which is Slayer is willful and insolent <laughs> as well as her abuse of the English language is such that I understand only every other sentence.
0: <laughs> yep, that's our girl.
1: <laughs> that's our girl. And it's so funny cuz like <laughs> Giles would have the meanest diary entries one could imagine
0: <laughs> giles is a petty bitch and we're here for it
1: <laughs> we love every second of it and um my i asked the question now why is wesley at the school like i get it that's where buffy's gonna be during yeah. the day but we're gonna ask this question many times i think for the rest of the season why is wesley there and why is it allowed is no one asking questions he's, he,
0: yeah he's got no visitor's lanyard like at my school if you don't work there you have to report to the office and sign in Right? Like, and somebody escorts you around the building. You can't just go wandering around the building.
1: Yeah, willy-nilly. There's minors there. <laughs> I, like, I don't really think he's, like, he's Giles' brother or something. But even then, it still doesn't give you an excuse to be there. Yeah,
0: um... I mean, all British people look alike, so they probably look at him. They're like, British guy with glasses. That's just Giles.
1: Yeah, exactly. So anyway, we're, they're just establishing here that while Giles and Wesley are, are still bumping heads. Wesley is intruding on Giles' of space to the point where he's not only at his workplace all the time, but he's reading he's his reading old his diaries. diaries. He's reading his diaries. <laughs> and me, and, you and I talked about this in Angel, in the episode, season one, Angel, that reading a diary is a trash thing to do because that's such a personal thing. But I guess that now that Giles is no longer a watcher, his diaries are up for grabs and they're hilarious. <laughs> and we want them. We need them. We need to read from them. I, can, I also cannot wait for Wesley to get to the hyena... <laughs>
0: Entry. <laughs> the yeah, I feel like there's a lot of stuff Giles didn't report back to the Watchers Council. Oh, man, you've been knocked out a lot of times, Giles. Have you ever been checked for a concussion?
1: The number of times that he's uh, been unconscious in this is, library. Is
0: there an entry in the diary where Giles talks about all the sex he had with Joyce? Oh, God! God. Dear diary, today I got laid by Buffy's mom. Don't
1: tell Buffy. Wink. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> xoxo ripper um, or maybe when he was under the influence of ripper he actually like did a little cameo entry oh my god oh my god we need this diary immediately oh god so uh cut to the sewer cave buffy and faith are i I call it a sewer cave because it's a sewer but it's clearly a cave you know like i guess they just interchange a lot buffy buffy and faith are, are surrounded by by vampires and they're fighting them and at one point Buffy throws her stake like she throws it across the room and it stakes a vampire that's pinning face to the wall and I'm like wow that's so impressive and then another vamp grabs Buffy and puts her head underwater in a sewer pool <laughs>
0: <laughs> which like oh my god that's so fucking gross
1: what is it what I is would it? just
0: go home and I'd want I might have to shave my head after that I don't know if I could wash my hair <laughs>
1: Just kill me. But the, wait, like, what? what is it? Like, what is it like the same kind of pool that like the master rose from? Like the pool of blood, but it's just like a pool of water. Like, what is it doing here? These sewer caves always have these like areas where you can just get dumped. The,
0: the, uh, the geography is confusing. <laughs> Everywhere
1: you go, you can get baptized. So it looks like Buffy drowned. Oh my God, the music fades away. Like, it's, it's very dramatic. It's like she dies again, but suddenly she pops up and she's got a sword and she says, I hate it when they drown me.
0: Ooh, look at that snark after dying that last time.
1: Right? She's like, as if that wasn't trauma for her because we know it was. All of a sudden she's like using it as a joke. You, you
0: can only drown a slayer once, right? Like after that, she's immune.
1: That's, that's one of Wesley's sayings. <laughs> he likes to say, drown a slayer once. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Can we have somebody please write a little book of Wesley sayings?
1: (laughs) Wesley idioms, Wesley anecdotes. That's it.
0: He's got his diary and he's got like a self-important little uh, section of his diary where he writes down all his little sayings that he wants to become known for.
1: (laughs) A good slayer is a cautious slayer. (laughs) So... Faith is fighting an Asian vampire, I'll, I'll add, and um, throws him to the side and says, like, B, gotta go. And Buffy's like, Okay, well, we came for the amulet. So she takes the amulet using the sword off of this vampire and they, she lets him go. And Faith goes up to her and says, Tell me you didn't get off on this. And Buffy says, Didn't suck. Ah, oh, Buffy's leading into this. Oh, okay, so they're both really turned on. <laughs> so. The next morning in the library, Wesley is examining the amulet as Giles stands behind him. He's like, out of focus, Giles, but you can see him with his cup of tea behind uh, Wesley. And Buffy is pointing out that the nearly extinct cult that Wesley talked about is actually in full force. So he was wrong. And Wesley is like, there was more there than anticipated, but I'd expect you'd be ready for anything. Remember the three key words for any slayer. Preparation, preparation, preparation. Oh, God. So there's another Wesley anecdote. But you can literally see Giles rolling his head back behind him. So good. So good. And Buffy says that's one word three times. (laughs) So she goes to leave. And um, she's like, Giles, we need to talk. And Wesley says, "Uh, Buffy, I ask you to remember that I'm your watcher now. And anything you have to say about slaying, you will say to me. And the only thing you need to discuss with Mr. Giles is overdue book fees. Understood? And of course, Buffy's just like, we'll we'll talk to Giles.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and he's like, yep.
1: Yep, yep. And, And Wesley says, you're not helping to Giles. And Giles is like, no, and I feel so sick about it.
0: That's my favorite line of the episode, because I'm just, just Sass, Sass. As we said, yes. It's the sass, it's the shade. It's just like, you know, Giles has not allowed losing his job as watcher to tear him down. And he's still there. Uh, and he's clearly still on Buffy's side.
1: Yes. And I love to see it. And what I don't like to see is in chemistry class, the first thing that the camera shows is this like pickled frog in a jar <laughs> just to show that it's it's chemistry
0: class. classic, classic, classic. chemistry yeah exactly is pickled frogs
1: just 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 dead animals lying in jars everywhere so buffy is talking to willow and xander about her near-death experience the night before and the force that she felt through it and she's like really into the story and willow is trying to say that she understands what buffy means because she's had magic go through her and buffy's like kind of condescending and she's like i don't think you can understand because it's a slayer thing and like This is the beginning of Willow's very small character plot line in this episode where Buffy is leaning into her friendship with Faith and experiencing Mm. things with Faith that Willow can't and Willow's going to be feeling left out about it. So the teacher, and I want to hear your thoughts on this teacher, Kara, because the teacher is handing out chemistry tests and she tells Buffy to shut up at least once and then she leaves. (laughs) Does she leave the room? She just goes? Yeah, well,
0: she's like, you're all, remember, you're all on the honor system. No talking. Why? <laughs> and it, it's, yeah, it's like, what do you do? Are you to go blaze it with Joyce out <laughs> in the parking lot? Like, yeah, why are you leaving the room? And, it's it's just like what's with this honor system thing and yeah I mean I don't believe in tests to begin with Steph but yeah this te- this teacher's not even trying yeah she's checked out <laughs> she just, you know and she left the I room. don't blame Buffy for not wanting to take this test and wanting to talk I don't blame any of these students if they slack off because this teacher is not doing anything to inspire these students
1: yes I agree and um it, it's just so bizarre that she gives a test out it's probably a important chemistry test and she's just like I trust you and goes. <laughs> okay um so Buffy immediately starts talking to Xander and Willow even though they're doing the test and they're increasingly getting more annoyed with her Willow is like Buffy test you know like remember the one that you didn't come over to study for so we know why Willow's annoyed Willow was stood up by Buffy the night before so Buffy goes on to Xander and is trying to tell Xander more of the story and Xander just says can we resume Buffy's ode to Faith later? I'm actively multiple choicing. (laughs) And Buffy asks why Xander's eye twitches every time she says Faith's name. And sure enough, it is. And he says, cut it out. I've got a test to take. I'm highly caffeinated. And I'm trying to concentrate. Some of us actually care about school. So they're both really testy with Buffy right now. So as she turns around to do her test, Faith comes to the window. How Faith knew that Buffy was there. I don't know. Let's call it Slayer Intuition. So she opens it and she's like, hey, girlfriend, bad time. And isn't it interesting that she keeps calling Buffy girlfriend?
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: I don't know how. I'm blind. Like, I just, I didn't know how I didn't pick up on that before. She draws a heart and then puts a little arrow through it. And Buffy just decides to get up and leave. So she crawls out the window because the teacher left them to not cheat on their chemistry test. So Buffy just peaces out and willows in shock. And when they're outside, Faith tells her that she found a nest of vampires. Cut to the nest of vampires, which is apparently just this like grubby room where all the vampires sleep on the ground (laughs) with each other during the day. Buffy and Faith break open the door and one of the vampires catches on fire and they all run away. Faith says, rise and shine, people. And Buffy says, it's your wake up call. This is interesting to me because I really like to see the two slayers together going on a hunt together. And I think it's worth saying that Buffy should be hunting vampires during the day. I like that she goes to school. I like that that's what makes her unique from other slayers is she doesn't dedicate her entire life to slaying, but it does make more sense to slay during the day, in my opinion. That
0: could be another Wesley adage, right? It makes Mm -hmm. more sense to slay during the day.
1: (laughs) That's a good one. (laughs) Nice. Uh, Cut to Buffy and Faith tearing it up at the bronze, dancing so hard to house music. Since when does the bronze play this kind of music usually they're playing slow sad band music that we pretend to dance to since
0: buffy and faith entered and they were like damn
1: bad girls are here tonight we better turn into the fishbowl and play up some of that bad girl music um yeah so buffy and faith are like holding hands and dancing together holy shit i think they're together and all these boys like three or four boys See two girls dancing together and do what all guys do, which is approach.
0: (laughs) Again, these are like high school aged girls. Yes. And maybe I'm just isolated living in Thunder Bay. But what kind of club like this exists for underage teenage girls to go to and dance like this? Like.
1: This is what they want. This is this is the draw. They're like, it's bad girl night at the bronze. So, you know, come one, come all.
0: <laughs> oh, dear. Okay, so they're dancing. They're dancing it up. And who enters? It's Angel. Angel. I'll let you swoon for a moment.
1: <laughs> <sighs> Angel.
0: Uh, and Buffy's reaction is very physical. She, like, jumps on Angel. Uh, you mean
1: amazing? Yeah.
0: she straddles him and he's like i saw you making friends he's (laughs) He's he's just like okay i gotta diffuse this
1: (laughs) he's like whoa because okay this is a weird scene maybe okay no you will wait to the end of the scene to talk about it but yeah she jumps on him and straddles him and i was like oh i've been waiting for this (laughs) yeah angel's so sad he's so emo right because he's like i saw you making friends (laughs) and buffy calls them boys she's like i like you but then angel's super serious and Buffy is kind of hitting on him and she's like you're not afraid of little me are you which is again a call back to when she was bad when she was like hitting on all the guys in her life Angel takes her to go sit down and Buffy realizes it's a business trip so she sits next to him and she's like all over him as he starts to talk about Balthazar the not dead demon that they thought was dead originally so much so that Angel gets up and sits on the other side of the table like to get her off him. And he tells her that Balthazar is in a packing warehouse on Devereaux, Devereux Street or Avenue. The guy wants his amulet so that he can be restored to full strength. And that's not something they want to happen. So Angel says he spoke to Giles and he says someone else has the amulet. And sure enough, Wesley is there. He shows up at the bronze, sits next to Buffy and is like telling her that uh, she should call him. She should give him a way to contact her when, he's, when she's slaying. Angel just asks him straight up, where's the amulet? <laughs> Wesley has no idea who Angel is. And Buffy just reaches into Wesley's coat pocket and get, and takes out the amulet and gives it to Angel. And Angel, like, lectures Wesley and is, like, walking around with this is, like, wearing a Target.
0: <laughs> well, and also, Wesley says he's done all this research, but he doesn't recognize Angel. Yeah. Like, you, you have done zero research on Angel you don't know what Angel looks like. You know, you can't deduce that this mysterious brooding fuckboy who's sitting next to Buffy is her one-time paramour Angel. Like, Wesley, you're, you're kind of sleeping on the job right now.
1: Also, have you not just read all of Giles' diaries where he would have talked extensively about Angel and how Angel used to go get him, like, previously lost books? Remember in season one, Angel would just show up with things? December
0: 1998. <laughs> Saw Angel today. His shirt, slightly open. <laughs> Felt a stirring in my loins.
1: Also, so sadly, like Angel murdered Giles' girlfriend. So surely, Busty should know who he is. It's insulting, in fact, that he doesn't know who Angel is. Angel takes the amulet and is saying to Buffy that he's going to go put it somewhere safe. And Buffy says she'll do recon on Balthazore. And they kiss. They, they kiss each other. And Angel says, be careful. Buffy says, you know me. Angel says, I mean it. And they both go. So... This is the first time we've seen them kiss since their hot makeout scene in Revelation, I think. So are they together? You know, like, this is why this scene is so interesting to me because, like, yeah, Buffy runs up to him, straddles him. She's all over him. She's sitting, hitting on him. He's keeping her at arm's length. Yet they have this very marriage couple kind of kiss. I think they are together. I mean, they've been hugging a lot since since um, uh amends. They've been hugging a lot, working out together, eating charcuterie at the same time, or looking at charcuterie bars together, at least. And here they are, kissing and acting like a well-established couple. So it's interesting. It, it came out of nowhere, but I like it. Obviously, I like it. <laughs> they And I even like it even more so that they just leave Wesley there to be confused. <laughs> like, he completely kept him out of the plan.
0: He's like, where am I? <laughs> what kind of club is this? <laughs>
1: So Faith grabs Buffy, pulls her away from the boys. And by the way, during this whole scene, Faith was dancing with all those boys by herself because she's a bad girl. <laughs> so cut to the packing warehouse on Devereux Street, and uh an incredibly blobby demon. A blob demon is sitting in a pool and being lathered by a vampire helper. And I don't know what's in the pool. It looks like soup. Like, it looks like, you know, Italian wedding soup. And uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I guess he always has to be moist. This, yeah,
0: this is a little bit of a disturbing villain, right? Because we've kind of had some conversations before on Buffy. How about how some of the visual portrayals of villains are are uncomfortably close to, like, disability being villainous? And now we have this really, like, fat... Fleshy folds of demon, like this is an ugly-looking demon, you know. And, and and there's a comment here to be made about how like this is fat phobic because w- the idea here is that the the bigger, the larger the demon is. Oh, he's now he's so big he can't move around properly. Like, yep. Uh, it, it's not a very good comment on on weight.
1: Yeah, and I know later Buffy makes a comment saying that like it, he needs a stairmaster or something like that. So. <gasps> Mm. but this is Balthazar, you guys uh why he needs to be in a giant tub very confusing but he's freaking out because he wants his amulet and there's a dozen vampires standing or b- standing around like before him and he just kills one by crushing his head or something he like lures him in with magic it's like uh like a weird gravitational pull <laughs> that he uses and then he crushes this vampire who doesn't dust he just dies and then he calls another vampire whose name is vincent i
0: I think he like ate the vampire he ate him like i think he like absorbed him
1: okay but like it sounded like he crushed his head i don't know what the point is he doesn't care he kills his own minions so he calls this vampire vincent over and he's like come here closer (laughs) why I don't know but uh he does go closer like he's like a foot away from his face and Balthasar tells him something I'm assuming we don't hear what he says but in the alleyway Buffy and Faith are watching this all go down through a window (laughs) and is it an alleyway though or is it like just a street because Faith is saying that she wants to take them all hard and fast right now because we have to keep this language sexual and Buffy says that they need firepower and then she says we should probably go back to the library. And I think that's interesting, too, because earlier, Cara, you said that Buffy is taking on more of Kendra's role. And what was Kendra's catchphrase the first day we met her? It was we have to report back to the Watcher. Right. We, we can't do mm-hmm. anything until we get instructions. So well, Buffy, I, I is think that. she's
0: thinking in this case, the library is their weapons cache as well. Yeah,
1: right? yeah, yeah, yeah. But just the idea of like, OK, we got to go home base. Yeah. Faith. Looks across the street and there happens to be a sporting goods store right there. Yay! Which is also what I wanted to bring up was, like, it doesn't seem like they're in an alleyway when they're across the street from, like, a store. Yeah, <laughs> like they're, they're just track. next
0: door from the bronze. <laughs> the, the warehouse is separated from the bronze by a wall. They share a wall.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's very convenient in this case. So.
0: Balthazar likes to listen to the house music from his tub.
1: Oh, <laughs> that splashing around. He does the hands. <laughs> It's dancing to house music. So so, uh, Faith just breaks the door open at the store and she gets like a longbow and she's like getting weapons. And there's a lot of smashing in this scene. Everywhere they go, they smash windows and they smash glass. And Faith is saying to Buffy, being the Slayer is very simple. Want, take, have. And that's Faith's motto. And we heard Buffy say earlier, stop, wait, think right well here faith is saying want to take everybody's
0: got mottos these days wesley faith buffy
1: damn everyone needs we need a motto soon (laughs) soon enough
0: we have a motto it's never too early for (laughs) xander you're
1: so right you're so right and that's copyrighted that's if you you can't take that that's the copyright uh prophecy girls podcast so buffy goes to this other case and she's taking in what faith is saying and she's like want, take, have. And she smashes the glass and takes a knife. And she says, I'm getting it. So here we have Buffy giving into her seduction, like Faith's bad girl seduction. She's like, okay, I'll play with the bad side a little bit here. Uh, But it's also interesting to me that Buffy has been a slayer much longer than Faith, like years. So here is Faith telling Buffy what it's supposed to be like to be a slayer. But really, Buffy has the experience and the knowledge to share that advice with Faith, not the other way around. So it is really interesting to me that Buffy is allowing Faith to take her under her wing in this way. It's it's weird. It's, in, it's interesting and weird. But again, like every teenage girl needs a little bit of a rebellion. So that's what's going on here. But then again, you don't need rebellion, Buffy, because you already took off last summer and lived by yourself in LA for a really long time. So that's neither here nor there as they're breaking up the shop they hear a gunshot and two cops have followed them into the store and are pointing their guns at them and they're saying drop your weapons and get to the ground and they're threatening to shoot them Buffy drops her weapon Faith drops hers but more angrily so and the cop says spread them and Faith is like you wish (laughs) and Faith is like You know, they put their hands in the air and Faith is doing her seductively. And she's like, I like him. He's butch because Faith is just just, just a sexual sexual being, guys. I don't know if you've noticed that yet. So in the back of the cop car, Faith is talking to the cops. But Buffy is very quiet because I think she realizes she took it a little bit too far. And the cop is asking if they're part of those girl gangs. And Faith says they're the Slayers. And this woke me up kara because remember our last episode in the zeppo you and i were like wondering if there were just like human gang wars happening in sunnydale above the scenes that we above the streets right. that we don't know about <laughs> cuz here's this cop bringing up gangs
0: <laughs> and girl <laughs> like, gangs specifically so not only do they have regular gangs but they also have roving girl gangs <laughs>
1: Like, what is happening in Sunnydale? We need to know. I think
0: what is happening is we're, we're seeing that very obviously, because ACAB, uh, the cops in Sunnydale are corrupt and incompetent, and they really have no idea how to run things.
1: So <laughs> well, I still remember what Snyder said in Becoming Part 2. In case you haven't noticed, the cops in this town are deeply stupid.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that's what we're seeing here. Snyder was right. <laughs>
1: So Faith whispers to Buffy that they should get out of there and Buffy's silent. And Faith says, we can't save the world in jail. So Buffy hears that. They both kick the cage window of the car open. The cops crash into another car on the street and they both pass out or die, doesn't say. And Faith and Buffy get the cuffs for their keys and free themselves. And I was like, why even bother getting keys? I've seen Buffy bend a gun in half with her bare hands. Just, just snap, just snap them. So they run off. The next morning at the Summer's house, Buffy is scanning the newspaper because I think she's trying to see if their escapades from the night before have been reported on.
0: What did she look under, like, A5 for girl gang activity?
1: (laughs) The dedicated gang activity section of the Sunnydale newspaper.
0: Welcome to Sunnydale gang watch.
1: (laughs) Front page are missing peoples. Second page, (laughs) an advertisement for banned candy. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> upcoming acts at the bronze it's house music all this week
1: <laughs> it's house week
0: Oh dear. uh
1: yeah so she doesn't find anything although i find that very interesting like you'd think that two teenage girls who broke into a store a local store stole a bunch of weapons got arrested crashed the car left the police for dead like that would definitely right, be but in the the cops
0: didn't want to report that they got trounced by two teenage girls so they probably were like yeah it was like six guys and they jumped us
1: it was one of those white boy gangs that we've heard so much about (laughs) oh dear so okay this is my this is like one of my favorite scenes in the episode because a wild joyce appears (laughs) fresh off of her morning bake sesh (laughs) because she comes in and just says admit it and at first buffy thinks she's caught but she says some days don't you just want to wake up and say to hell with the diet want to make waffles
0: i i mean we made up the stoner joyce meme so long ago but doesn't it feel like the show is truly like into this
1: absolutely yes it is because she's saying big saturday brunch like she's got the munchies and she's like fuck carrots i want waffles
0: every day is big saturday brunch day in joyce's walks (laughs)
1: I know and Joyce is asking Buffy what her and Faith were up to last night and she's like you know don't worry I'm not going to meddle in your sling just as long as you're careful and
0: by that she means use protection right like if you're going to hang out with Faith just make sure you're using protection
1: yeah don't like safe sex just practice safe sex everybody and uh she says are you sure about those waffles like god damn it someone get Joyce some waffles and syrup stat and Buffy says you know what I don't want them, but I can help you make them.
0: <laughs> Buffy doesn't want a munchies hungry mom. Like she knows, she knows if Joyce is munchified, it's bad.
1: If I help you get your waffles and get your munchies on, you'll shut up. Is what she's thinking. So Joyce says, "Oh, they only have calories if I make them for you, Mom." Logic. <laughs> what is this scene? What is this wildness? So. Joyce takes the pl- the paper and starts re- reading it and she's like let's see what's happening in Sunnydale as Buffy leaves <laughs> and that's like the only scene that Joyce has been in not just like this episode but in a couple episodes
0: <laughs> since gingerbread yeah
1: <laughs> so great 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 times uh with Stoner Joyce oh sorry
0: she was in Helpless too my bad Was she in- oh, oh,
1: oh yeah oh so, yes my, my bad too at the mayor's office he's taking PR photos with boy scouts and once they leave uh, he closes the bi- the blinds, and Mr. Trick comes out of the closet or the side room or something. And the mayor asks about the news about the Illuminati. As he, I keep saying Illuminati, but it's Illuminati, I think. Um, as he opens his closet, and suddenly Vincent the Vampire jumps out, pushes the mayor against his desk, and he's like, "In the name of the Lord, Balthazar." die (laughs) he tries to kill him but mr trick knocks him out from behind
0: yeah and mr trick is like you know what if you'd used an uzi instead of a sword (laughs) and he's got a point like that was a very incompetent assassination
1: yeah he's basically saying like guns over swords for sure and we've been saying this too even like why don't they use more guns uh darla was the only one to do it uh but i really love how mr trick just, like, delivers that line, right? He's like, why do you always got to be using swords? It's called an Uzi, you chump. <laughs> He's like, you would have saved your ass right about we now. We Mr. Trick. <laughs> He's so good. And um, it's true. Honestly, like, I also think not only was him using the sword a bad idea, but also Vincent speaking too much before killing the mayor was not a good idea either because these villains just can't help themselves. They always have to say something.
0: Yeah, now now they know who sent him. <laughs>
1: God damn. So the mayor asks Alan, who's there, um, how he got how this guy got into the building because they don't they have security. And Alan looks really scared and super guilty. Like, I don't know, maybe Alan let him in. We don't know. And the mayor says, you know, don't worry about it, but try to keep things secure. And he tells Mr. Trick to lock Vincent up. So Mr. Trick says, he's just gonna try to kill you again and the mayor's like oh i yeah i expect he will so ooh something's happening there we cut to (laughs) balthasar he's still getting his bath and he's talking about how vincent was was noble he's a you know, he, he was a true warrior, but that doesn't mean jack shit to Balthazar because it's been 100 years since his enemy crippled him. And that ultimate power is almost within his enemy's grasp. So we don't know who he's talking about, uh, but he doesn't want it to be that way. So he basically sends his followers to go find the amulet. He says, bring the watchers to me, find the slayers, kill them, kill everything and that gets in your way go go and and then um yeah then he sends he sends his followers off
0: he's kind of demanding
1: he's well he's a pushy pushy boss you know like if my boss said this to me i would have been shook
0: <laughs> my boss asked me to bathe him all the time i'd be shook
1: <laughs> yeah and like to find him amulets and such
0: <laughs> yeah so like Balthazar's not a good manager and we criticized the master for this back in season one when the master was in a similar situation of not being able to leave a certain location and having to send minions to do his dirty work and this seems to be a trend in these very old uh villains who have like minions and cults around them where they just they just get really ossified and bad at managing their unhuman resources <laughs> so I I just I'm not I'm not impressed by Balthazar. Let's just put it that way, right? I don't like he doesn't. I don't think he's earning it.
1: Let's also say that when we met the master, he was also in a pool of liquid, but he left it. (laughs) He rose up out of that pool of blood and left it. Balthazar stayed in his. (laughs) So, uh, in in Buffy's room. Willow is giving Buffy a protection spell in a bag that she made for her, and Buffy is really surprised that it smells good, and Willow's saying that she added lavender to it, and it's so cute because she's like, give me time, and I may be the first Wiccan to do all my conjuring in pine fresh scent. <laughs> so Willow's asking what the plan is for tonight because I she thinks she's gonna go slaying with Buffy, which I think they do often, right? Aww. I know, and, and Buffy is trying to let her down really easily by saying, like, maybe you shouldn't come tonight, is that cool? And Willow is like, oh yeah, because you'd be risking your life. And Buffy is like, well, why would I risk yours? And um, Buffy says, it's, well, it's why I don't want you going. It's too dangerous. And Willow says that she's done this sort of thing before millions of times. And you can totally handle, she can totally handle herself. Besides, minty fresh protection. <laughs> so, oh, uh, this is so sad because like, I actually really related, related to this a lot because Willow is clearly... Feeling like she's getting ditched. And she is. She is getting ditched. Mm-hmm. I don't think she understands yeah. how deep it is for Buffy, where Buffy, they literally did do dangerous stuff the night before right? They got arrested. Um, they had to, like, break out of the cop car. They broke into a store, all these vampire nests, all the stuff. So it, things are piling up for Buffy right now where she really doesn't want B- Willow to get involved. But on Willow's end of it, it just seems like her friend is ditching her for someone cooler. Mm-hmm. And this happened to me, like, a couple times in my youth, right? Where your friends are like, oh, I've, I've outgrown you. And I think that this is really, really authentic to that age. And I really like that. I, I think it's too bad that it's such a small part of the episode
0: but i like that they did include it right like they didn't yes. have to include this and the fact that they thought about it was good planning on their part.
1: i agree so of course uh that's when faith comes to the door and uh buffy says we'll hang out later right willow and willow's just like yeah yeah you go ahead i'll collect my stuff and it's so sad because after buffy and faith leave willow just like looks at her little protection spell and she's just like stupid you know like oh, mm-hmm. uh. oh, no and it's been a while since i've felt bad for willow so i'm glad this is nice <laughs> <laughs> it go right back to season one feeling, ah, don't be mean to Willow. So Buffy and Faith are walking toward the warehouse and Buffy just wants to get this over with. She's not feeling great about what happened the night before. And Faith had gone back the night before to get the longbow to go back to the store and get it. And I don't know, having a longbow in this situation, like a very tight knit alleyway fight does not seem like the right weapon. Like, it seems like a really stupid thing to do. Uh, but I do like that Faith offers to get ribs. She's like, we should get ribs when we're done. <laughs> That's such a funny so, sorry line.
0: this is not just a horny episode this is a hungry and horny episode well
1: i mean she said when you're done slaying in um faith hope and trick get aren't you just horny and hungry is that what she said
0: yes I, faith started it with a motto thing way back in that in that episode you to go you're right back
1: rewatch every episode and find all the mottos collect them all someone out there do that when you're re-watching next time next time you're re-watching so Uh, Suddenly they're attacked by a vampire, but we cut back to the library where Wesley and Giles are getting into a fight because Wesley is saying that Giles has an emotional problem and Giles is saying that his attachment to Buffy is not a problem. And Wesley says that this assignment is something of an embarrassment to the council. (sighs) And Giles is like, don't criticize my methods and keep your your snide remarks to yourself. And Wesley is saying that you're no longer qualified to act as Watcher, but it's not your fault. You've done well. It's simply time for somebody else to take the field. And that's when Giles says, well, it's a good time to start because all of the vampires that Balthazar sent are standing outside their window. Buffy and Faith are fighting uh, a vampire who's clearly Asian. I'll add that again and uh they agree to take them out one by one so another one jumps out faith throws it to the side and buffy stakes him and i think they should have did this at least one more time just to show that they have like a a nice little like pattern a little yeah a little rhythm, yeah, rhythm. going on here uh but the next person that jumps out is alan <laughs> and buffy grabs why, him. why alan
0: can you see what they're doing? What are they
1: doing? They're slaying. Get out of the way. So Buffy grabs Alan, throws him aside, and and Faith, it's her turn to slay. So she goes to stab him, or to stake him. And Buffy says, Faith, no, but it's too late. And Faith stabs Alan in his human heart with her stake.
0: Which turns out to be remarkably effective at killing Alan.
1: Yeah, it, it's true. And Buffy helps him to the ground, and he starts bleeding from the mouth. And you know what happens in movies and TV shows when people bleed from the mouth.
0: Yeah, that's not good. That's
1: never good. No one survives that.
0: You're not coming back Yeah, from that.
1: <laughs> no, you don't survive that. So as he's dying, oh. Faith is saying, I didn't know, I didn't know. And Buffy's like, call 911, on don't move. Oh, someone, like, we gotta stop the bleeding. Like, she's trying to do something. But then Alan dies. Rest in peace, Alan. We barely knew you. And... Faith says we got to go and her and Buffy run off and Faith hops a wall (laughs) and Buffy hops a fence and they guess they separate. And Buffy runs straight into Angel and Angel can smell the blood. So he grabs her hand and he's like, what happened? And she's like, it's okay. And Angel says that Balthazar has Giles at the warehouse. So before they go confront Balthazar, Faith returns to the body. She goes back to Alan and we hear sirens in the background, but she's kneeling next to him and looking at him and it looks like she's upset, right? Like she's obviously like, oh my God, I killed this guy. Cut to Balthazar, who is screaming at his minion, moist in the front, like more, (laughs) like more water and this person's pouring it on him. And Wesley and Giles are in front of him and Wesley's freaking out and Giles is telling him to stay calm. Balthazar is like, Bring them closer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he tells them, you know what I want. And Giles says, if it's for me to scrub those hard to reach areas, I'd like to request you kill me now.
0: <laughs> like it's a funny line, but again, <laughs> yeah. they're, they're making fun of the, the disability and the, the fatness of the villain right
1: yeah so so a vampire hits giles from behind and he's just like ow and wesley says are you out of your mind this is hardly the time for games and giles says well they're going to torture us to death anyway so that sets wesley off and he starts pleading he's like he's he's just gonna you know give away the farm he proposes a trade and balthasar says trade intriguing no wait boring pull off his kneecaps (laughs) and Wesley starts to say that Buffy has the amulet and she gave it to a tall friend of hers, but he never got the guy's name. And Giles says, all right, if you let Wesley go, or he calls him Captain Courageous, I'll tell you what you need to know. How's that? And Balthasar just loses his mind. He's like, there's there's only one deal. (laughs) You will die quickly or you will die slowly. (laughs) I really I don't Know who this actor is, but his he is chewing up that bathtub scenery,
0: yeah. Like, like Balthazar is not a patient person, <laughs> he's like very single minded. He's like, I want my amulet. The ambulance. man who has my amulet, what is his name? I want my amulet. <laughs> That's what he sounds like. And we cut to
1: Angel. <laughs> Angel comes in, he's like, His name is
0: Angel. <laughs> Just
1: like. <laughs> casually walks in with his vampire face on starts
0: beating people up and again wesley does not react to this at all he's not like oh like angel angel from the watcher's diary (laughs) um
1: i also want to add that i picture balthazar whenever i have to interact with a troll on tiktok (laughs) that's how i I picture you as (laughs) moist more moisture um so Angel starts fighting. Buffy comes out and she starts fighting too. She frees the Watchers and everyone's fighting and Balthazar's just flailing in his bath with his little hands, like, flapping up and down. He's like, unacceptable! Unacceptable! <laughs> <laughs> and um what i love about this scene is that giles grabs a sword and he starts fighting with it it's pretty badass and he beheads another asian vampire Uh,
0: that's holding wesley the asian vampire death count in this episode is quite Uh, high.
1: i know it hurts like i feel like i have to go to temple after this and pray for them (laughs) (laughs) so buffy um the fight goes on for quite a while And then Balthazar uses his gravitational summoning powers and gets Angel. And I I think he just, like, crushes their heads. But you said he eats them or he absorbs their energy or something. Anyway, he's about to do it. And Buffy manages to break the light that's above the pool, uh, the the soupy pool, and drops it in. And it, it electrocutes Balthazar. So, of course, he can't just die. He has to say something. So he's all smoky and gross. And then he says... You think you won when he rises, You'll wish I'd killed you all and then he dies. <laughs>
0: I don't think so. I d- No, I'm sorry, Balthazar. I, I think you're wrong on this one.
1: yeah, I, I don't I don't see it, Balthazar. <laughs> I guess we'll have to wait and see if we would rather have fought you
0: versus whatever's to come.: well, If we, we, if we'd rather that he had killed us, <laughs> not going to choose that one.
1: But I I do admire the confidence that Balthazar had to spew out there before he died. So we cut to the mayor's office and he's chanting in a language, probably Latin. And he's in the middle of this like witch's circle with candles and sand and stuff. The ground starts to shake. And once it's over, you think he's going to open his eyes and be like this demon or something like powerful happened. But no, he's just his normal self. And he's just like, I don't understand why Alan would miss this. He's usually so punctual. And Mr. Trick asks if it worked. And the mayor says, let's find out. And he gives a sword to Vincent, who's in a cage on the floor. And he's like, open the cage. I'm ready. And Trick opens the cage. Vincent runs out and slices the mayor's head in half. But instead of dying, the mayor's head kind of like, glues itself back together like this black like stream reforms
0: it's a pretty good special effect for the time
1: i think it's pretty good too so mr trick kills vincent and the mayor pulls out his to-do checklist in his pocket and he checks off become invincible and if you read that (laughs) checklist it's incredible and like right underneath become invincible he wrote meeting with pta and then haircut (laughs)
0: Which, is that happening the next morning? Because it already feels like it's pretty late tonight. So is he going to have a PTA meeting and then go for like a midnight haircut?
1: I don't know. I mean, sometimes PTA meetings run late, right? People go to work. They have to go home and have dinner. Then they go to the PTA meeting. So he says... This officially commences the 100 days. Nothing can harm me until the ascension. And then he starts to laugh and he says, gosh, I'm feeling chipper. Who's for a root beer? And he like runs off. And Mr. Trick is like watching this go down and he just laughs along because he's like, damn, this guy's like so interesting and weird. Finally a
0: fun person to work for, right? Because Mr. Trick had some bad bosses up until this point and... You know, like, we remember the guy he came to town with. How dare
1: you speak of Kakistos this way?
0: (laughs) I'm going to trash talk Kakistos all the way into the next episode, Steph. Like, come on. You know, like Mr. Trick is really enjoying working for the mayor, I think.
1: Yeah, I agree. So then we cut to the next scene. The the mayor has leveled up and we cut to the next scene. In Faith's apartment, she's scrubbing the blood out of her tank top in the sink. And Buffy comes to the door and she says, how are you doing? And Faith is like, I'm all right. You know me.
0: Lies. Lies.
1: Lies. So Buffy wants to talk about what they're going to do. And Faith says, I was doing my job. And she's really defensive. And Buffy says, being a slayer is not the same as being a killer. And it's like, whoa, Buffy, like, that's not good bedside manner. Don't call her a killer. It was an accident, right? She's telling, she's like begging Faith. She's like, please don't shut me out. Sooner or later, we're both going to have to deal. And Faith says, Wrong. <laughs> and F- and buffy says we can help each other and faith says i don't need it and buffy says well who's wrong now faith you can shut off all the emotions you want but eventually they're going to find a body and faith says this is the last time we're ever going to have this conversation but there is no body i took it waited it and dumped it the body doesn't exist what she's saying here is that she I think she threw it in the, the, the ocean or some nearby yeah. river. Maybe one of those little sewer pools sewer that we keep pools. seeing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but this this is a dark scene. Like, not only yes. has Faith accidentally killed somebody, but she's covering it up. And Buffy's like, we need to deal with this. And Faith is like, oh, I've already dealt with it. And I'm choosing denial. And the, the, this is the end of the episode, right? So we don't know. And that's why the next episode is called Consequences. We don't know what Buffy does after this because Buffy now has a choice. Does she tell Giles and presumably Wesley, but we know she's going to Giles first. Does she tell Giles, by the way, Faith accidentally killed a human or does she cover for Faith? What's going to happen next? And this is a genuinely a tense and dramatic moment.
1: Even more alarming is not so much that Faith like you said dumped that body chose denial and is like it's out of my life therefore it's not a problem anymore but buffy says faith you don't get it you killed a man and faith says no you don't get it i don't care lies lies you care so much we saw you look at alan's body you definitely were feeling something we don't know what it is yet but i think that when it pans away on buffy being shocked it's like you're right is Buffy going to tell somebody about what they did? But how is Buffy going to deal with the fact that Faith does not want to process this, not just with Buffy, but at all? Yeah. (laughs) At all. And Buffy was right to call out Faith here to say, you're pushing me away. You're shutting off your emotions. This is what you do. After you were betrayed by Gwendolyn Post, you did exactly Mm -hmm. this. And then I invited you over for Christmas and everything was good. But (laughs) now (laughs) this is the next step and you've killed somebody. So... You don't care? Like, oh, this is shocking. Especially to Buffy. Like, do you remember when Buffy thought she killed Ted?
0: Yes. Like, it was dark.
1: It was really dark. And she she still went to school, but she was, like, in a really bad place. Where here's Faith in a bad place, but she she's internalizing it. Yeah. And it's scary. So, yeah. Like, so this is, this is the end of the episode. And it's setting us up to be, like, well, this is the rest of the season, I guess, is figuring out what is Faith going to do. With this internalized struggle. (laughs) Mm -hmm. What's gonna happen between the two of them and how are they gonna get away with murder? And if they want to know how to get away with murder, watch that show because it's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's it. Bad girls, bad girls, who's your hero?
0: I'm gonna go with Alan. Um, because (laughs) and, and I don't I don't remember if this is confirmed in upcoming episodes, so I apologize if this is a spoiler, but I believe, like, I think he was where he was. I think he was trying to help Buffy and Faith. I think he was going to come and, and tell them about what the mayor was up to because he's, like, freaking out that the mayor is so evil. Is that a spoiler? I don't know. I don't remember I don't if either. it's ever confirmed. <laughs> um, But that, that's, like, remember. my theory at this point, right? So I think mm-hmm. that's oh, why think Alan's there. The I think he was trying to help our heroes, and he died for it. Like, he gave his life.
1: I think he was on his way to get some Balthazar soup. <laughs> to get a little ladle of that delicious pond water uh yeah i'll go with you i didn't write a hero because i was really conflicted in this one because buffy wasn't super heroic giles yeah and you know what i'm gonna give it to angel he took the amulet he showed up (laughs) he was he was on balthazar's case this whole time he even told buffy you know stop dancing with these boys and pay attention to me so there there you go angel there you you get it (laughs) love you
0: yeah so for me, I, I really liked this episode because, you know, I think it really makes sense for Buffy to explore being a bad girl. I've, I've talked previously about how there's the, the stereotypes going on where Faith is the brunette, the bad girl. Um, she's the stray and Buffy is blonde and she's the goody two shoes and, and she's the one we should look up to. But it does make sense for Buffy to experiment with these other phases because she's at that age where she's still defining herself and she's still trying to figure out like her sexuality and she's trying to figure out her power, not just in terms of what it means to be a slayer, but what it means to be a 17, 18 year old girl, right? So it's not who she is, but it is a part of who she is. and, And we see that badness come back and resurface throughout the series. And I can relate to this with my transition because, you know, I've, I've come to my womanhood 30 years into my life. And so as I started my transition, something I had to find was like, well, who am I? What type of woman am I? And I'm not saying I've had a bad girl phase yet. Oh,
1: oh OK. <laughs> but, you know,
0: I, I can really relate to this idea <laughs> that you have to try, kind of try on these, these different attitudes and these different aspects of who you are to really understand yourself
1: yeah well i think it's a little rebellions healthy especially for a girl buffy's age however um it's that responsibility level that comes with buffy's destiny with her chosen one path that is so deliciously juxtaposed against faith who doesn't have these moral grounds she doesn't have this like giles she did not have a Giles. She doesn't have a Joyce. She doesn't have Willow and Xander. Like she, yeah. she's a loose cannon. And I love how Buffy knows her moral code here, right? You do not mm-hmm. kill humans. And when you do, you feel really bad about it. And mm-hmm. Faith does not follow that. She, like, what was her motto this this episode? Want, take, have, or whatever. Wow. I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I hear what you're saying and I agree with you. And I think that it's really interesting to see Buffy... Play with these different roles, but then when she sees how far it can go and what the—I guess what—in the next episode, the consequences. She's got this
0: moral compass, yeah, yeah, and she's got a conscience, and we're not yeah. so sure about Faith having one at this point.
1: So go ahead, have your rebellion, Kara, uh. but just you know, don't kill mm-hmm. Alan. Okay, leave him alone. He's
0: okay. Well, if you're the Buffy <laughs> staff, that means you have the responsibility of keeping me on the straight and narrow here.
1: I would love to. I, you know, I would love it if you wanted to have a little bad girl tonight. i'll be (laughs) buffy this time though i want to be buffy
0: (laughs) you just want to jump angel
1: yeah and there's nothing wrong with that nothing
0: (laughs) Uh, um so we have quite a few hot stakes here we got several hot stakes about faith and the queer coding the bi coding in this episode so we we can't share all of them but i we just we do appreciate everybody writing in about that and other things but we've got a couple of those um before we share those we've got uh, a little bit of a a more serious hot steak from Maeve uh, talking about the topic of suicide in Amends, because back when we talked about Amends, you know, we kind of said, like, if anybody has more experience with these issues, let us know how you think this episode handles it, because neither of us really felt comfortable or qualified to talk about it. So just a quick content warning for anybody uh, who might find this topic triggering. Um, But Maeve says that they have experience with chronic suicide ideation and says, one thing that really does it for me is how after Angel makes the choice to kill himself and is being confronted by Buffy. He does the thing where he tries to hurt her so badly that she gives up on him. He's already given up on himself, but this one person who loves him won't. And when that happens, when someone tries so hard to convince you to stay, the only thing you can do is destroy everything good you have and try to make them hate you so that you can go. Uh, And Buffy gets mad. She sees through it, and that's so real. She won't let him make her give up on him. She won't let him make her hate him. In the end, you have to choose to live, and no one else can do it for you. But what all of us wants in that state is for someone else to beg you to stay. And Buffy does it right and real in this scene. She's mad and desperate and yelling, and any loved one would yell, and arguably it works. Mm-hmm. Um, so thanks for sharing that perspective, Maeve, because I, I really appreciate people kind of stepping up and, and helping us when we don't feel comfortable to talk about something.
1: I also really love the name Maeve. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, thank you. Next is Casey, who listened to Gingerbread and she says, I noticed a continuity is that right <laughs> 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 issue in Willow's room and was hoping you caught it too since it involved Angel, but no luck." <laughs> Casey stop sassing us okay Um, keep
0: sassing us Casey
1: (laughs) keep keep going Um, I'm surprised I didn't notice this about Angel as well but anyway uh, she says I forgot which episode it was but Willow's room has bay doors and had to uh, she had to allow Angel inside and uh, Casey you're talking about lie to me from season two Casey says I only bring this up because when Willow's mom and the mob were breaking in she could have easily escaped or at least ran for it Casey was like girl go out the back
0: (laughs) so I think my response to this is I I guess we know why we never see Sheila because she's too busy renovating their house
1: (laughs) seriously she built a wall over willow's windows it's true willow literally could have just walked right out but um yeah Yeah. Sheila's Sheila's busy doing renos or maybe they moved
0: so now we've got some hot stakes about faith and buffy and the bi coding of bad girls first one's from hannah who's one of our chosen ones thank you hannah um we can discuss how faith is definitely bi coded which as with most lgbtqia plus rep in this show is a double-edged sword Faith is a beloved, fun, and badass character who happens to be bi. Not that it's confirmed, but it definitely seems that way. So that is amazing, right? Well, part of her bi coding also feeds into how the writers portray her as a bad girl. The writing seems to imply that Faith sleeps around and may be bi, and that's a bad thing. But why? It goes back to the cigarette equals evil thing. Hypersexual equals evil. But it also seems, at least for women... Hypersexual equals by, um, And another example of that would might be somebody like Vampire Willow from The Wish. Mm-hmm. So does that mean that bi equals evil? Um, all of this is on display in the episode Bad Girls. Faith corrupts Buffy with her bad girl ways, and that has fatal consequences. Faith becomes a murderer, and it's blamed on her bad girl or bi girl ways.
1: By girl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. Um, we definitely touched on that during our conversations, for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it just it goes back to the ways that this show portrays sexuality and some of the ways that it problematizes especially women's sexuality in the show, right? So thanks for mm-hmm. sharing that, Hannah.
1: Yeah, thank you. Our last one's from Catherine from Twitter, who says, Faith and Buffy have this intense physicality to their relationship that isn't present in Buffy's other friendships. They dance together, they fight together, and they can't seem to stop touching each other at times. I personally believe that they had to have kissed at least once during the event of the episode. Could be. We'll never know.
0: (laughs) I suspect there is quite a lot of Faith Buffy fanfic out there. What do we call Faith and Buffy? What's their ship name?
1: Fuffy. (laughs) I I believe it's Buffy from what I've seen in the comments of our social media posts. Oh dear. What I will say to that is for sure they're always touching each other. It might have to do with the fact that they're both slayers, therefore they share power. So I like the idea that they share a lot of that physicality as well. Yeah. Uh, But Buffy would never cheat on Angel. (laughs) So perhaps they'll kiss in a later episode. But as of right now, she's given Angel sweet wifey husband kisses in the bronze and that's all I can say about that.
0: Wonderful. And before we go, we have some new buy me a coffee supporters to Yay! thank. First up we've got Rachel, uh, who wanted to share that Buffy was filmed at the high school that she attended, Torrance High School. So I'm sorry, Rachel, that you had to go to high school on the Hellmouth. That must have been difficult.
1: Then it must have also been the high school from She's All That. Yeah. So lucky. <laughs> <laughs> Freddie Prinze um, Jr. in the halls of your high school.
0: Then we have Alexander, um, and he wanted us to mention that he has officially finalized his legal name change, so his name is now officially Alexander. Congratulations, and thank you for supporting us.
1: Congrats. That's so awesome. Yay. Yeah. That's
0: wonderful. And then lastly, we've got Molly, who's joining uh, Lizzie, Emma, Hannah, Tara as chosen ones. Uh, And Molly says, I became a fan of Buffy in my first year of college 12 years ago. I was taking an English course and my prof was the first feminist I ever really interacted with. She changed my life and she also introduced me to Buffy. She had us watch a couple episodes and write a paper on the themes in each. I thought it was a cartoon and that Buffy was a guy before she had us watch it. (laughs) <laughs> i wish i knew what my first episode was but i binged the whole series on dvd that first month so i have zero memory And <laughs> i think this is like a, a common kind of thing for people who come to buffy later on right is they they just they fall for it and they fall hard
1: yes <laughs> um
0: and molly's favorite uh episodes are Anne, which we've seen and normal again and then uh her favorite characters are spike and dawn and we haven't met dawn yet but those of you who know you know
1: if you know you know (laughs) but thanks you guys this is so awesome welcome welcome to the family uh and thanks for listening to this episode of bad girls what you gonna do what you gonna do we'll see we'll see how this all turns out next week (laughs) Bye.
0: bye thanks for listening to prophecy girls if you want and can afford to donate head over to buymeacoffee.com slash prophecygirls for one-time and monthly options.
1: We appreciate all of your support, even if it's just spreading the word about us or enjoying our show week by week.
0: We also invite you to join in the discussion by messaging us on our social media channels.
1: Follow us at Prophecy Girls Podcast on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook, and prophecy underscore
0: girls on Twitter. You can also reach out to our email at Proxy Girls at gmail.com or visit our website, ProxyGirls.ca. See you next week.
1: Bye.